Good morning and welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. Uh, a couple of quick announcements and we'll get right into today's topic. So first one, if you haven't been listening to all the other podcasts in this channel, please start. So my boy uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Boy and Italian Jobs do great with uh, their stuff worth trying. Those drop on Saturday. And I'm going to tell you my guy Bones and his Hunt for Wellness stuff, he is killing it with his own show, and those normally drop, I think, on Thursday. And so they're kind of sandwiching the roundtable now. Make sure you uh, listen to those guys. Really super, super content. And so uh, that's announcement number one. Announcement number two, my boy Rapido just wanted me to emphasize, and Cadre Danny wanted me to emphasize, the applications for Cadre Academy. You still got some time to submit yours. If you have any apprehension or you have any details or concerns, please reach out to those guys and um, let's try and work through those. Uh, we want to make sure we get a, a good first class size. There is uh, applications are starting to come in and they're going through them, but we want to make sure we get a great uh, first round or first group of applicants. So uh, if you have any questions, reach out to Rapido or um, Cadre Danny and get, get your information in. Last thing uh, for the announcements, this is more of a, just more of a style thing. I worked out in Fort Worth and in Texas and um, Dallas this weekend um, or this week. A couple things that they did is kind of when you uh, break up a workout into an A and a B or a varsity and junior varsity, they had a really cool term, and I really liked it. It was they had the turbos and the diesels, and the turbos were basically those fast guys, and the diesels were the – Clydesdale's a little bit stronger, a little uh, more durable guys. So I, I share that just to say I still don't like varsity and junior varsity, but uh, I really like turbos and diesels. So let's jump into today's topic. And uh, we're going to kind of bounce around, but let's, uh, let's introduce today's guest. So Dred, I normally ask who EH and how long you've been doing F3, but as a co-founder, I think you should probably just tell a little bit of the story of how you got started here. So Dred, Yeah, EH. well... Um, uh, thanks for having me on the pod call, C-SPAN. I'm, uh, I guess I'm like, uh, you know, I don't have a belly button um, since I was there at the start. Uh, I got EH'd into the predecessor workout, which is called the uh, Campos by Zoot in, in F3, or in uh, Charlotte, who is a member of the Campos, not a member of F3, but is also coincidentally the guy who, who named, uh, who came up with the name F3, so there's a lot of crossover there. And that happened in the uh, summer of 2009 when he saw me lolling around the side of our neighborhood pool with a big fat gut and a piece of pool pizza sticking to my belly button and uh, told me that if I, got, if I wasn't so fat, I might enjoy that workout. What he meant was I, he was afraid I was going to get hurt because I was a former military guy who probably would not recognize the physical limitations that I had. Anyway, he got me into the Campos and then the Campos – grew in great size and speed, and then uh, we started F3 18 months after I got there uh, as Campos AG uh, in Charlotte, uh, just to have a second workout, and out of that grew F3, and so that's how it all started for me, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, I was the original Nantan of what was just then F3, but then F3 Charlotte, and then turned that over to Jimmy Crotch Rocket, and uh, I became the Nantan of all of F3 and stayed that way until uh, 1111 when I handed the, uh, handed the Nantanship over to F3 Slaughter, who has done great and wonderful things ever since. So that's my story. And you're sticking to it. I think you had your date wrong. You did, you, 1121 is when you handed over? When did 1120? Was it 1120? I thought it was 1120. Well, it was 1121. I think it was this year. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. All right, excellent. And well, you know, Brandon, uh, a good myth, a good a good myth is not reliant upon strict truth. You know, truth nuggets build a good myth. So if you want it to be one one twenty, I, you know, I'm down with that. I, well, here let's let's do it this way. The two of us are going to be talking for the next forty five minutes, and if the guys listen to it, I guarantee there's going to be some misled truths, maybe some partial right. truths, and some probably some fabricated stories. So I heard one. As you know, you are the uh, the Grantan 
of the entire, uh, now the, the burgeoning and exploding family of F3 podcasts, but this pod call is the first one. Uh, I know you know that. I mean, it predates 43 and COT and, you know, it, it predates all of them. It's the, it's the granddaddy of all uh, podcasts. I was listening to, uh, and I've been listening to all of them, but I've been listening to Things Worth Trying in the other day, and I heard both uh, the Daily Eye Job and uh, T-Boy come up with an alternate, dueling alternate sources for uh, the concept of why we call the leader the Q. Uh, and I was greatly fascinated by both stories, although both of them are completely wrong. Uh, but I liked it. I liked both of them. Uh, the Daily Eye Job shortly afterwards slacked me and said, how is it that we came up with that in the first place? And I told him, uh, and he was like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, go with your, go with your tale. Uh, it was something to do with the group letters. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, Q, uh, yeah, Q before I or something like that. I was like, that's brilliant. You before I. Yeah, I I'm like, that. And I was, and I was yeah. like, I thought yeah. it was about Crusaders. I don't even know how we got here. I've been telling people it's about that Crusaders. That is how, exactly how. That's exactly how it happened. So that Campos, yeah. Campos is a slang name for the group. Campos just means field, and the field we did it on at Freedom Park the county would periodically close the fields for whatever the county reasons were, and they would put these signs up that say Campo Serrato, which is Spanish for fields closed, and these guys, being the kind of guys they were, would work out anyway and decided to use the word Campo. We didn't know what it meant, but it was like, oh, okay, the, the field is called Campo Serrato, so we're the Campos. I thought that was funny, particularly when I started to learn in Spanish to go to Peru. I was like, oh, it means fields closed. But anyway, the original real name of the Campos is Cordapellas Crusaders with a Q, because that was the first guy who started it. And uh, when I got there, they didn't really have a name for the, guy, the leader, so I started calling him the QIC, because that's a playoff of OIC from the military, officer in charge. And I'd say the QIC this week is whomever, and then uh, dropped the IC and it became the Q, and that migrated over to F3, and that's why we call it the Q. has nothing to, let, nothing to do with whatsoever with Epsilon, whatever, uh, the daily eye job, was proffering. I can't remember what T-Boy said it was. Well, can't remember. Q-tips or something. I don't know. Anywho, uh, that's, the real, that's the real source of the Q. But this goes to show you, if you're an F3 guy and you, want, you, want, you really want full knowledge, you need to listen to the entire family of F3 podcasts. Do not, do not, do not fail to listen to the, to the granddaddy of them all, which is the pod call, which is what we're on right now. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and I've, I will tell you, uh, doing this for five years, because uh, I'm five years, you know, May was five years, and I, um, just a, like another truth nugget here, OBT and I were really focused on, we were at 20 regions at the time, and we kept, like, one of our little side, side things was, how do we get to 200 regions, right? Sure. And you really need ah. to get these Nantans <laughs> involved, right? And I was right, like, right. I remember. I don't, remember. I don't know. I don't even. I, I kept thinking, man, if I can get it like in work, if I could double the size, man, I mean, like maybe I could get it to forty. You know what I mean? And then yeah, yeah. Uh, right. I actually, I went. Yeah, when they hit to two hundred regions, I actually went and worked out with OBT that morning because I was like, I never thought it would get there, but I'm. I'm going to tell you, it's crazy. So two hundred regions is, is nuts, and international is nuts. So, all right, well. I told you we would have some kind of format. Let me start with the easy questions first. So what are you reading? Uh, what are you watching? Uh, what do you think of the end of Ted Lasso? Where do you want to go from there? Good. I'll take the last uh, question first. I haven't watched it yet, so uh, no spoilers. Um, I've got a lot of things to watch. Um, so uh, I have no Ted Lasso report yet. I am currently reading a book called Why We Get Sick, subtitled The Hidden Epidemic at the Root Cause of Most Chronic Disease and How to Fight It. That's an unusual book for me to read. I usually uh, don't read all that much nonfiction. I read, generally read the stuff people send me in the mail, but I got the idea to read this from listening to the uh, Art of Manliness podcast because I'm very, I've become very interested in I, you know, another prop for the uh, Three Family podcast. I've been listening to uh, The Hunt for Wellness with Bones, and this is kind of dovetails into something he's, he's big on as well, and it's uh, insulin sensitivity. Um, and so this, what this book does, and it's by a guy named Benjamin Beekman, B-I-K-M-A-N, who's a uh, 
who is a bioenergetic something. Anyway, he's a, he's, a, he's a doc of some kind. But anyway, his whole thing is that diabetes 1 and diabetes 2 unfortunately share the name diabetes since they do the opposite, one being, you know, you don't get, your, your beta cells don't produce any insulin, thus can't signal to your cells to take in glycogen, that's diabetes 1, and you waste away, but for synthetic insulin. Diabetes 2 being you eat too much glycogen, you know, too much sugar, too many processed carbohydrates, and what that causes is a flood of glycogen in your bloodstream, and that kicks in your insulin-producing system in your beta cells, uh, which floods your body with insulin to a great degree, and that is harmful. Ultimately, uh, your system can't handle all that glycogen. You become obese, uh, your system shuts down, and uh, you have opposite bad effects. But he links all this uh, insulin sensitivity to all sorts of other things, including COVID. It's pretty fascinating. Uh, and I've, I have long thought in a very Flintstone-esque way, you know, oh, well, uh, food is, you know, our diets are at the heart of all our problems. You know, that's why we call it the queen. But I didn't understand very much of the science of that really until I started listening to those little bones, you know, uh, little cuts that would be in the COT, you know, and I would listen to them and it would start get me thinking. And, you know, the, one of the first books that it led me to was uh, about Whole30, and I read that one of those books, and this is the same idea. And it's really revolutionized the way I approach food because if you've read the Q source in the chapter of the Queen, uh, you know, we'll have to change this when we do, you know, Q source 2, whatever, is I say it doesn't matter what you eat, it matters how much you eat, you know. And I no longer believe that at all. I, I mean, I now believe that it, the quality of your diet is just as important as the quantity. And uh, there are some nutrient-dense foods that don't lead to uh, insulin sensitivity, and there's many that do. And unfortunately, in my life, I've relied primarily on the, on the many that do. So I'm in the process of revamping my diet to a great extent influenced by what I've learned from bones, which is a very butcher's word-esque kind of thing. And for the listeners who, before T-Boy and uh, Daily Eyejob come up with an alternate version of why this happened, originally when we started the first F3 website, it was OBT's great uh, vision to say, we need to harness the uh, skills and unique abilities of the packs within F3 and have them write things like, you know, book reviews and stuff like that. In other words, you know, you, you, you can get a good look at a T-bone by jamming your head up a bull's butt, but you'd rather take the butcher's word off it. You know, in other words, uh, what, you're, what a guy trusts, the guy you know, what he says about it, right? Try this beer because it's really good. You know, try, read this book because it's really good. Anyway, that butcher's word didn't really go anywhere, didn't, didn't, didn't make it very long. Uh, and lay dormant, the idea lay dormant for several years until it's become revived, you know, and uh, the fact that we have all these podcasts is, is a manifestation of that revival. So, you know, I, I, I have been revived in my hunt for wellness, you know, not to borrow, uh, well, to borrow uh, Bones' tagline, and uh, I'm very interested right now in uh, accelerating my queen at a rapid pace, and uh, that's, that's why I've been reading this book. So, why we get sick? Benjamin Beekman couldn't recommend it more highly. I'm not all the way through it, but, but it's great. Don't know what the ending is, but I think it's basically going to be stay off sugar and don't eat anything with a barcode on it. All right. Now, as to what I'm watching, I just finished uh, season two of The Chosen, uh, which is uh, a depiction of uh, Jesus' ministry on earth, and uh, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, I would highly recommend that. The season two ends with the, the, just Jesus walking out to deliver the Sermon on the Mount. So um, my assumption is that's where season three will pick up. It's a weird thing. It's not on any channel. You can download it on your phone. In fact, that's the only way to get it, from an app, and then you can project it on any screen that, that, that uh, is screen projectable, or you can just watch it on your phone. Each one's about 45 minutes. It's very true to Scripture, although it fills in some gaps uh, with some logic that, are, while not in Scripture, are not inconsistent uh, with Scripture. So that's the, that's the last thing I finished watching. I'm currently watching a show on HBO called White Lotus, which is, uh, I think, super interesting in a lot of ways. But I'll let people watch that for themselves. And last night I watched uh, Dave Chappelle's last special on Netflix, the one that's caused so much controversy, which is called The Closer. Uh, and it deals heavily with his antipathy towards uh, the transsexual community and uh, the underlying reasons why he, A, does, he believes that what he says is that gender is a fact, and B, the danger of the politics of the transsexual movement and how that's harmed black people. So uh, I'd recommend all those things. That's kind of what I've been 
immersing myself in lately, and uh, I think all of them, um, all of them are potentially helpful to a man who's trying to live a high-impact life. All right, I'm going to let you take a breath, and now I'm going to like uh, rapid fire back at you. Um, F3's open to all men, so I'm going to just completely skip over Chappelle. The, um, the chosen, first of all, I'm actually going to be impressed that you're actually downloading something on your phone and projecting it, because I know um, as, a, uh, as a friend, I'm going to tell you, you're not the IT guy that just described that you're able to do that, and so obviously the girls are in the house. Somebody is doing that for you, and I'm just really... I'm just very, very proud on the inside that when you said download it on your phone and then project it, I was just very, very proud of you at that moment. Being that you're a baby boomer and I'm a Gen X guy, very, very uh, happy that you're at least at that level of technology. The other one, I will take. Thing I, I will take that as the. I will take that as the back, the backhanded compliment that it is in the light most favorable to you. And, I, and, you, <laughs> and you should. And. Uh, now I'm gonna, I want to jump back to the diet piece because this is part of the butcher's order that I think is always super intriguing to me because um, you and I have kind of bounced around this food thing for a while because, you know, I've been doing this whole uh, gluten-free kind of my food is fuel. I can't, you know, it's not about enjoying it anymore, uh, and I hate it because I've spent the first 50 years of my life or 49 years of my life enjoying every minute of every meal I've ever eaten, and now it's just about refueling. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, just give us a little bit more of where you think you're going to end up with this. So it's basically don't eat anything with a barcode and actually start going back to the butcher. What's the new diet going to look <laughs> yeah, like? Yeah, so uh, I, over, I over, gross, grossly oversensitized about it, but I'm the opposite of you. I don't, I don't live to eat. I eat to live. I mean, I, I eat the same thing every day, you know, whatever. I don't care. Uh, I just don't have a, uh, I don't have a well, I have a COVID palate. You know, I don't taste food very well and I don't care. Uh, so, uh, for me, this is quite a bit easier, but what it breaks down to this is most simple. You know, basically eat three meals a day, eat about a fistful of, of beef, chicken, you still there? Check, check. Yeah, check, check. You there? Hang on a second. I lost my... Um... And for the listeners at home, this is where I just gave him a compliment on his – wait a second. Hold on. I'm, I'm updating the listeners of what happened. I gave the guy a compliment on his IT ability, and then we just lost him. So now he's returned to us, and he's going to say – Yeah, earbuds ran out of juice. Um, <laughs> go for it. Nail it. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you good. Yeah, okay, good. So uh, so based on this, is basically you eat a fistful of meat, you know, cleanly raised meat, not, you know, not factory-produced meat, a uh, fistful of vegetables, fistful of fruit, you know, some nuts. Stay away from all grains, legumes, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, there's very specific reasons why. So it really gr- greatly simplifies eggs, you know, both the yolk and the white. Very helpful. Actually, I heard that on Humphrey uh, Wallace the other day as well. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it, it, it is a... It actually is great diet for me because it's simple, and I'm a meat eater. I'm a carnivore, so I like that. I, I'm not a big vegetable guy, but it makes it easy. You know, you just kind of eat colorful vegetables, and, and, and that's great. Some things that uh, are tough for me are, you know, getting off the grains. Like, so I, I like bread. You know, I like, I like that. You know, you can't really eat bread. Um, uh, no rice, you know, so you eat cauliflower rice, that kind of thing. Uh, no peanuts because... Peanuts are not really a nut. Um, they're actually a, a, a seed. So uh, other than that, you know, I find it very simple and useful. And I think if you couple that with some intermittent fasting, it really gives you a way to cleanse your system and uh, maintain your weight without having to count every calorie and, uh, you know, to go to great, you know, do all these, have all these freaking rules that I had for myself to be able to do it. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about all that. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll share the, with the listeners that I know guys are going to ask me, the next time I have you on, we'll do a follow-up on your diet and see how it uh, played out for you. Because I, uh, yeah. I know you, you've been playing along with me with doing all these different things and testing them out. But uh, next time I have you on the, on the show, we'll, we'll go through and see how the diet played out for you after the first year. Sure, man. So, 
Okay. Um, yeah, my next uh, chunk of ADD is let's jump to the tenure. And I, um, I, w I just wanted to get some feedback, um, you know, firsthand from you. I wasn't. I know there's a lot of guys who concentric that just got out of whack where this where it fell in the year. So, and I know a lot of guys didn't get to go. But I would love to hear just some couple of nuggets um, from your experience from the tenure. Um, I uh, I thought it was a great celebration of the collective efforts of a huge group of men who have dedicated themselves to having impact you know, in the lives of other men. So I can't imagine a thing I would have done to change it or, or improve it. Uh, it was awesome. I only wish that I, you know, I'm suffering from a little L5 uh, bulge. So, you know, I did the workout. I did the convergence workout, but I didn't do any of the tag-on workouts. And I, di I didn't do the... the um, and at Rock, which I plan to do, and I've been training for, but uh, on the advice of my chiropractor, uh, I passed on. So other, you know, that was my personal experience. But other than that, I thought it was awesome, hooking up with all these guys from all over the nation, hearing how they have taken the mission, credo, and core principles that I three and applied it in their locality to create a starfish uh, where they are to have impact was just freaking thrilling, um, and then. Uh, watching some of the local personalities down there like Beauty um, and Gravity who, you know, and their team. I'm, I'm going to short shrift them if I start naming guys, so I'll just go with, the, you know, the two, uh, two principles and saying watching what they did to pull this thing together was, yeah, the culmination of everything I think that OBT and I ever visualized as far as that three goes. You know, guys come up to you and they're like, oh, did you see it? The answer to that is always no. You know, didn't see any of it. Uh, my vision... Uh, was so so much less than what has what has occurred that it's just nothing but miraculous to see it happen. So yeah, it was a great event uh, and uh, something I'll I'll be carrying with me for a long time, storing up in my heart. Yeah, and I think um, you know as we talk about kind of this whole and, and we've been talking it for almost ten years now, but the this whole thing about just exploding leadership because um, I got to talk to gravity whether uh, you know well you know the whole thing of making a video and submitting it and then you know making a plan and all that and then having it actually having this team execute it um, we don't have a better example um, of what F3 does to people than that right like that's everything that he's got a huge team Every team's got its own, you know, leadership group that, uh, you know, developing each, you know, each part of it. Um, brilliant. And so we're just really proud of those guys. Anything else you want to toss in on, on, the, tenure, on the tenure? No, I just hope that I'm upright for the 20. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't realize you had a bad back. I knew you were old, but I didn't realize you had a bad back. So we'll, uh, well, we'll add chronic, you to the prayer list. I've got a, I've got a chronic L5 that uh, what I find is when it, when it, pops up, that's when I do my, my best writing work. So I, I, so I wrote the Q source during my first bout with L5, and then I'm currently writing the minivan ensuring a second bout. Um, so I've decided to take it as a gift from God, you know, because through suffering comes perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. So I've, try, I've decided that that's to take it that way and um, make the best of it. So if I can't work out as much as I generally would or strenuously as I generally would give me more time and more energy and more focus, uh, you know, to do the writing I've been doing. So, I'm, you know, I'm taking that as a blessing. So no need to be sorry, but I appreciate it. Yeah, and let's, um, let's jump right from there because I, uh, I will tell you, you know, I, I was worried about you when you started writing all this QSource stuff, and that's another thing that's just exploded. We could do an entire episode just on QSource and how that's taken off because, you know, you were you were hurt when all that was going on, and I was worried about it. I was coming to Charlotte to catch you in the mornings, uh, on Sunday mornings when it was started just as a little small group and you were testing it out. Um, man, that's amazing. But let's, ju let's jump back to the, uh, the Collision Learner website. And let's, can you just kind of like walk the listeners who aren't familiar with that, kind of walk through what you're using that for and how they um, – because I think you've kind of got a butcher's word where they can submit stuff too, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's working out that way. So it was just kind of a project that I, you know, last year during COVID, uh, instead of sitting around being mad all the time, I decided to try to do something positive. 
and, and uh, you know, I didn't know how to make a website. So, you know, I got on WordPress and spent some hours, invested some hours learning how to kind of to, to make one to see if I could do it. And, I, you know, I learned how to do it. Not that difficult, as you probably know. And uh, was looking at, you know, what am I going to do with it? So I said, you know, I, I knew I, that my Nantan time was coming to a, a halt, and then I would have an opportunity to, to write and speak, not as the Nantan, but as the Emeritus, you know, the ex-Nantan, which it makes me, you know, frees me up. Because not slaughter, you know, when I was the Nantan, I had to be much more careful about what I said because I was speaking for the organization. As Emeritus, I'm not. You know, my job as the Emeritus, which is an official role, by the way, of F3, is, is simply to support the Nantan. That's the job description, uh, to support the Nantan in every way. Now, that frees me up to speak about things that are, you know, are, are personal to me that I believe in, and one of those is the concept of collision learning. So didactic learning is, you know, sitting in a classroom, listening to somebody talk or lecture, and that's fine. You know, that's schooling, but that's not, that's one quarter of what I believe, you know, how, you, how a man learns, particularly me and, and anybody else with ADDs. You know, sitting in a room for eight hours does not work very well. Uh, so I believe in collision learning, you know, which is, uh, comes from argument and adversity, facing obstacles, you know, um, and, and it, it's like it's more of a Socratic thing where you're, you're banging against life's experience to, to flesh out what you've learned in the classroom. So that's the idea of collision learning. And most of what I, what I would say is you can get knowledge from a didactic learning system, but, it's, but wisdom comes from collision learning, right? So, you know, you're sitting in a classroom Teacher writes on the board, you know, tomatoes are fruit. That's great. But to learn that you can't use it in a fruit salad, you have to do it for yourself and see it tastes like crap, well, that's collision learning. So uh, that's what I decided to kind of to focus this on. And, it, you know, my, and initially all I tried to do is establish that there was a website, see if anybody would, was interested in reading anything that I wrote. And I started writing things that had been blowing around in my head for a while. And that lasted, you know, for six or eight months. And, you know, I've gotten – you know, some people to, to follow it and to comment on it. You know, I feel pretty good about that. Uh, and then I decided to launch on uh, writing what is my fourth book, first one being Free to Leave, which I co-wrote with OBT, second one being the Q source, third one being the L source, which is about litigation, which is not published and probably 17 people in the world will ultimately read. But this one is the credo of the minivan centurion, and now I am now unrolling that chapter by chapter uh, using the collision wire as a platform for that. I think we're up to chapter five or so. Um, I'm not quite done. I'm way out in front of that rollout. I think I'm on chapter 19 or so. I believe that's about as long as it's going to be. So that's what the collision owner is. It's a platform, and I am, you know, hopefully I will have other people contributing to it. That's ultimately what my goal is uh, on the one hand. On the other hand, so it gives me a place to, for me to post things, it, it will be a place for other people to do so and a place for me to roll out whatever idiotic uh, philosophical theory that I'm uh, dawdling with in the moment. And, and in this moment in time, that's the minivan centurion. Well, let's, uh, we're going to unpack that one just a little bit. Minivan centurion is fourth book, and um, I've, I've got a chance to read some of it. I'm going to tell you I'm not, I'm not up to date with, all your, with everything you've dropped. But the idea is it's going to be roughly 19 chapters, you said, but it's going to be kind of this, these life lessons, because basically they're truth nuggets. It's kind of like going to a workout with you where you're kind of like telling a story and basically you weave in a bunch of truth nuggets and, and wisdom into a story. Is that what the entire book is about? Yeah, so the theme of the book, uh, the overarching theme of the book is that there is a certain group of men who exist in every uh, group, culture, nation, whatever, uh, who hold the middle, hold the core. In other words, they're the, uh, they're the group of people uh, around whom the rest of the organization kind of revolves in a way because they don't take sides. So it, it gets its name from the idea of the centurions who were basically the company commanders of the Roman army. They were apolitical, they were promoted by merit, uh, and they were responsible for themselves, their unit, and the, the, the families of their unit. And, you know, most people kind of know what a centurion is. If you ever read the Bible, they pop up quite a bit. Just kind of that sticky glue, middle of the road guy who uh, plays a very important role, but not a grandiose role, right? Um, you know, that, that's it. Now, uh, I've coupled that with the, with, the, with the idea of the minivan because in our current times, 
you're likely to see these guys driving around in battered minivans, right? You know, uh, because that is the, the sign that you're a family man, you know. So the family man is the man upon whom most of the, the community is built because he is the guy for whom his, his children and his wife are hostages of fortune. He can't take huge risks, but he also to do the things to protect them. So the credo, you know, this kind of, uh, this kind of philosophical underpinnings of who minivan centurion is, are things like, so there's components of it, things like be an asset, you know, stay in the fight, you know, be an andist, you know, a man who can hold two con- contradictory thoughts in his head at the same time, that kind of thing. And so I'm trying to build that out, like, thematically. So each chapter is basically a theme. And then most of those chapters have a mini story in them to uh, exemplify what it means. So, you know, for instance, uh, I think the first chapter is three lines, called three lines, and that just means that's what I saw in the sonogram when my daughters were born. You know, and I expected sons, and I got daughters, and I accepted that because God's in charge, not me, and he placed these daughters in my hands to serve and protect, and that's my job as a minivan centurion, and it doesn't matter what I wanted or I expected. What matters is what I got because the creator is driving the, driving the train, not me. I serve at his, at his pleasure. So uh, each chapter is kind of built like that, you know, and I've got some dumb ones, well, kind of funky ones like cargo shorts. Why do men have pockets? You know, why do women wear pants that don't have pockets? Because, you know, we hold the stuff warm, right? That's how we're an asset. Uh, so what I hope is that if you're a, a man living a compromised adventure, and let's face it, all men with wife and kids have compromised their adventure to some degree because you have to, uh, my hope is that a man reading that, this will resonate with them. It'll reinvigorate his purpose. He'll say, okay, you know, I'm just not nugging it out. You know, I may not be, I'll never be famous, you know, uh, but... I'll be famous within my family, right? Because that's my primary purpose. That's what I've been raised to do. That's what, that's, that's what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm a centurion. I'm the one who holds the, holds the organization together. Uh, particularly now when the idea, I believe, is that manhood itself or masculinity is, you know, it's under the gun, right? Uh, you know, there's a lot in the culture that uh, would seek to blame men for the ills of society. And quite frankly, Men to a great degree are responsible for some of the ills of society. But as an antist would say, two things can be true at the same time. While men have done things that are not, are not good, we're also, and we are also necessary to the proper functioning of, of a nation, proper functioning of a family, proper functioning of any group. Uh, and, if you, and if there's no men anymore, that will throw us out of balance and it won't work. So uh, the idea and the hope is that a man would read that, it would help him uh, be a better man and also to, to focus on what the ultimate objective of his life is uh, and not lose heart along the way. And I'm, uh, I took a deep breath there because I just, you hit, a, you hit a couple nerves with me right then. First one is also as a father of three daughters, I think, because um, I, I also have a son. Uh, fathers of daughters, the, basically the story never gets uncomplicated. As long as you're a father of a daughter, you you just, uh, you know, I, I think God has a kind of a has a funny sense of humor about giving you girls. So, next thing I'm going to tell you, I forwarded your uh, cargo shorts, um, right? Out uh, to all my girls because getting a little feedback there. But I forwarded that out to all my girls because uh, they used to make fun of me for wearing cargo shorts and then having tons of crap jammed in them all the time. You know, they were they were constantly on me about that. So yeah, my wife, uh, my wife and daughters uh, still make fun of me about that, and uh, I just smile. <laughs> That's all you can do. And then um, yeah. the last one I am going to tell you: I, this minivan thing is uh, super intriguing to me. We had a black one, a green one, two white ones, because um, it's almost like a badge of honor too. Like if uh, you know you you show up. And, you know, I always, I had four kids and then it seemed like we always had two or three extras and I coached hockey. So we had a couple of those and maybe a goalie from Sweden or something. It was always bouncing around the back of the minivan. And I, I think that um, when you talk about holding an organization together, I think that that's one of the assets that's required to keep it together is that minivan. And I I love, uh, I'm just, you had a couple of uh, ones that kind of sparked with me there. And I'm going to tell you, I think the minivan is basically an asset uh, just like every Marine needs a rifle, you know, any, every minivan centurion needs a minivan. So it's uh, just part of the game. So Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you just compromise. You know, I mean, uh, I, I, like I express in the book on, in several places, it's like um, they're, they are the, the, the badges of the honor that you have to serve as a minivan centurion. They're badges of honor. And although you may not like the way you look in your cargo shorts or behind the wheel of your minivan, it gives comfort to those to whom you're charged to provide protection. So I think it's in the introduction where you know, I tell that story of a woman coming to Freedom Park, and I'm you know, waiting for practice, soccer practice with my own kids, and this woman I've never seen before hands her you know, seven- or eight-year-old boy to me and says, I've got to run across town and ran off road for baseball practice with the older one. Can you just make sure he gets to his soccer practice? And off she goes. And I've never seen this woman before. You know, and I say to my own daughters afterwards, like, did you think it's weird that this woman just gave her son to me? And, of course, my daughter's like, why would it be weird? Look at yourself. You're a father. You're a daddy. What else could you be? You know, I look at myself in the mirror at that moment. This is 10 years ago, more than, more than that, really. And there I am with my goofy cargo shorts and my uh, Girls on a Run t-shirt, my bad haircut, my flip-flops. I'm like, yeah, you know, I mean, that's what I am. I mean, it's, and it's, it's, it's you know, uh, you, you can't, you could, you know, Ted, Ted Bundy, I guess, faked, you know, uh, being something to, to draw in, you know, victims. You can't fake the full gamut of, uh, of what you look like when you're a minivan centurion. There's a, there's a smell of chicken fingers and hope about you that, you know, that uh, provides, you know, people with, with security and comfort, right? I mean, you, I, what I would hope is, you know, and I'm working towards the end, it's kind of the crescendo of the book, is that what we represent to those who are charged to protect is the fact that if you hand over to me uh, a vulnerable person, whether that be a, a, a woman or a child or whatever, that I will protect them or die doing it or die trying. You know, that is what a minivanturian is. And uh, those have always existed in societies until they haven't. And you can look at the thousand-year run of the Roman Republic and then empire, and at the end when, the, when the, the, the Visigoths and the Vandals were at the gates of Rome, the centurion class had disintegrated to nothing. They were mercenaries. You know, before that, it had been drawn from Romans, and they had a vested interest in the, in the continued existence of, of Rome. But by the end, they were mercenaries. From, they were Goths and from, drawn from all over the world, and they just didn't care. You know, um, and, and if we ever get to that point in America, you know, my belief is that we'll go the same way. Because you know, there won't be anyone to defend the middle. The middle is the thing that, that matters. You know, we, we talk about this polarization, you know, uh, you know, at both ends of the political spectrum or whatever. It's like somebody's got to be in the middle. Somebody's got to be in the middle willing to defend what we're all about and say, okay, look, you know, there's some essentials in which, you know, that, that I believe we have to have in unity, but all these other things we can be free to disagree about. We can be in liberty, you know, like I, like, and you just did it. And you just did it. You know, I said, I watched uh, Chappelle and you say, oh, we're not going to talk about that. I'm like, yeah, fine. It's not essential that we do, Right. You know, we go through this all the time, uh, usually on Slack, and somebody says, what do I do if this kind of person this kind of shows up in an F3 workout? I was like, hey, if somebody shows up and they say they're a man and they want to work out, have them work out. You know, that's not something that we're going to fight about, you know, because we have core principles, we live by those, and those are our essentials, and those we must have full agreement, which is unity. And everything else, we're free to have liberty. These are non-essentials. And in all things charity, and then from there, we can stay united. But if we're going to fight about every single little thing, and everything becomes essential to the point where you and I have full agreement on everything, then we can't stand. You know, we'll become split apart. We'll disintegrate. No nation the size of America, really no workout the size of Fort Mill, can, can stay together if there isn't some core set of beliefs around which, which the men who run the place in which they agree, and that everything else doesn't matter. They can agree to disagree about those. You lose that, and you lose the group. So if, if, there was, if there's anything else that I could say that this book stands for, it is that, it is that sole idea. Of course, it's taken me 100 and it's probably going to be about 120 pages. It's not super long, but 120 pages to fully tease that idea out. And uh, my hope is that, that, again, that that helps men in F3 and, and maybe outside of F3, understand what it is our, what is it you're supposed to do around here, like in office space, you know, when the Bob say, what is it you say you do here, right? 
And I, you know, right. I want to be able to answer that question. I hold the middle. I protect. I protect people. I serve. You know, that's what I do. Well, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back in. I to me, I love. F3 is one of the few places where I can say that. Hey, I don't want to talk about that one. And guys will poke me a little bit, right? But they'll be like, ah, he doesn't want to talk about it, and then we can go on to something else. Which yeah. F3 is the only place I only place I can do that. You know, work. Everybody wants me to make a stand on every single item. You know, uh, you know. I, I, to me, that's. We could probably do a whole other show just on that alone. Is how society is totally transforming. You know, and I, I feel sorry for young men because they got to have an opinion on every single freaking thing that's out there. Um, you don't want to talk about Chappelle? Tell people you don't want to talk about Chappelle, but you're still making a stand saying, I don't want to talk about it, where I feel like guys are so scared to even do that. Um, you know. Well, it's, it is fascinating not to talk about it, but I disagree with roughly 40 to 60% of what he said. Roughly. And I... Uh, uh, and I, I agreed with another, let's say I agreed with 40, uh, I agreed with 40, about roughly half and half, but I laughed at all of it. You know, I mean, some of the things he said, I was like, ah. Other things I was like, yeah, that's right on, but I laughed at all of it. And it, that, that's why I think it's a valuable thing, because he says, and he says, I'm going to say some very hard things which, with which I know you, there's going to be great disagreement. I'm going to get in trouble. He says that. And then he turns around, and everything he says is funny, and I and I believe charitable, in the sense that it's it's not mean spirited, uh, it's hard, direct, but not mean spirited. And uh, I I believe he provides a great model for how men can discuss things in our culture if they're willing. He even says it says it this way: if they're willing to set aside their own overarching demand that they be right all the time. See, that's the heart of Minivan Centurion. He's a man who would rather do right than be right. If being right is a precondition to doing right, nobody will do right because all we'll ever argue, all ever do is argue about what that rightness is. You know, we need to, we need to exactly do what Abe Lincoln said to do is preserve the union by focusing in on those things that were provided us to the founding fathers, those self-evident truths that all men are created equal. And from that spring certain inalienable rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Those are the essentials. Those are, are the things around which we congeal. They are, it's very similar to the core principles of F3, and it should be no surprise because that's the idea we drew it from, right? Uh, and, and we need to get back to that. So every example that I see in our culture of someone with whom I don't fully agree, and yet I do agree on these essentials, I'm going to champion it, which is why you asked me and I told you. I watched Chappelle. I will champion it, not for any particular opinion that he expressed, but for the charity and willingness and maturity that he expressed and being willing to openly discuss things. He keeps saying, we've got to get down to the bottom of this. We've got to get down to the bottom of this. And if you look at, you know, we had a good breakout session at the 10-year on, on BTM where we got down to the bottom of some stuff. And the guys who were running BTM right now, you know, like uh, Pipeline and his crew and all those guys, uh, and um, gosh, I forgot the guys in Greensboro's name, and I feel bad about it. Those guys are doing a great job, if you get on the Slack channel, of, of getting down to some stuff that we're all not going to agree on, you know. But we're never going to get to the heart of the problem and solve it unless – we talk about it. So, you know, kudos to that. Any example, I don't have to agree with everything I, I, I see people saying. I don't want to agree with everything because that means that I'm not learning. Can't collision learn unless people disagree. Uh, I just want people, I just want F3 men to have at least a model to be able to, uh, to, to disagree charitably and use that as a way to gain wisdom so that we can stay united. I. Aye. Now you, I told you I didn't want to talk about it, but now you're going to make me say one more thing because I watched no, it. I, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> here, well, no, I love it because it's Friday, and this is the kind of stuff we do, we do here. The other thing I loved about Chappelle is he said, don't have a freaking opinion until you watch the entire show. Right. This is the other part, right. this is the other part about right. America that I, I'm struggling with right now 
is, uh, and I'm going to give the S3 piece here, open all men, guy shows up, I'm still sprinting off. It doesn't matter who shows up. I'm still sprinting off at the same pace, right? Um, I'm not sprinting away from anybody. I just want to know if you can keep up. If you can't keep up, I'll probably send somebody back to get you, but otherwise we're taking off, right? Same thing. You show up to a guy on a show like Chappelle. He's going he's gonna to say some stuff, but before you go and do a Twitter rant about how important your stuff is, at least watch the entire show and see the point he tried to make at, at the end because if you watch the entire show and see the point he makes at the end, um, he was validating his point and his point of view, but he basically uses the entire show to, to build up to that point, right. which – before we make opinion on things, I, uh, I feel like we should all at least give each other that, let's at least hear each other out until that point. So, Brother, we're almost on top of our time. And I just yeah, go, go for it. All these, always, all these things are always converging in my head. But, like, you know, one of the, 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 the in North Carolina, if you, if you try a jury case, one of the jury charges is, to, one of the things the judge tells the jury is to listen while the trial is ongoing to listen to all the evidence and not to begin to deliberate until after the closing arguments. Listen to all the evidence. Do not make up your mind in the plaintiff's case or in the opening statements of the counsel. Listen to everything. Don't deliberate. Don't discuss it with your fellow jurors at lunch. Wait till it all comes in. And then after you are in the deliberation room, then, as a group of 12, amongst yourselves, argue out what you think the just verdict is. And that's, that is a great model for how we should live as human beings. And that's exactly what Chappelle was appealing to, is saying, listen to the entire, all the evidence. Listen to all of it. Then go back and reach whatever conclusion you're going to reach. But if you reach a conclusion before you ever listen to it, like he says, if you just jump on these talking points, right, these talking points about me, that I'm, that I'm transphobic or whatever, if you do that without listening to everything, you're missing out. And, that, and, and you know, it, without taking any position, and I don't take any position on, what he's, on the underlying premise of what he's saying, it's on the overarching system by which he's encouraging us to, to, to engage in public discourse that I completely embrace. I don't care how difficult something is, how controversial it is, even if it's, even if it's obnoxious. There's guys' opinions I read on Twitter, and I'm like, I totally disagree with that. But by God, I need to stop and listen and think about what the guy's saying because he just might be right. And though I'm a man of strong opinions, they are loosely held. I am open to persuasion by argument because I'm a collision learner. And, and that is what a minivan Curian must be. Because if he isn't, he's a man who rushes to judgment. He closes off his mind, and he just turns around and jams fact funnels into other men's mouths and forces his own opinions down their throats. And that is not what a man is supposed to be. Sorry. End of lecture. All right. And so if you made it to this point in the podcast, here's all the things we were also supposed to talk about. He was going to talk, yeah. about, how great G he was going to talk about how great GTE 24 was at the mothership. And he's going to encourage you to sign up for another one. And he's going to encourage you to sign up. Sure. The guys in California, are, 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 they're the last one this year. COVID gave us this great uh, GTE schedule. 2022 is going to be phenomenal. Tons of events. They're going to be smaller events because we're going to have so many of them across the country. Make sure you sign up for one. I'm just personally, um, I don't know if it's official yet, but it, there might be a historical one in the state of Pennsylvania I want to be retired, but if there is a historical one near a site uh, outside of Philadelphia, uh, I will probably be at that one if you're making your schedule. Next thing he was going to talk about is if uh, my man AP was on a couple weeks ago to talk about the Board of Directors application. If what we talked about today is something that you're very passionate about, he was going to encourage you to sign up and at least throw your, uh, throw, you know, take a step into the pool and actually uh, sign up to, um, you know, do the application for, to join the board of directors. We need a diverse group of men to help us to get from, and I, we were joking at the beginning of this, the guys who got us from 20 regions to 200 regions, and the group that's going to get us from 200 to 400 is going to look very different 
than it currently does. And so we're looking for guys with different outlooks, different ways of thinking, maybe grew up in a different area. We need you. He was going to encourage you to sign up to, uh, to join the board of directors. And I think that was everything on the list. And then I'm going to say, Dred, we're at the top of our time. What do you want to leave the guys with? Yeah, great, man. I'm just going to pick two of those points. Number one, I, I got to throw kudos out uh, GTE-wise to, first, Robert, who's the original guy who was responsible for, for you know, coordinating the G GTE project, what should we call it, but different names then. He was succeeded by Bono, who did yeoman work, advanced the ball, you know, by leagues, who was succeeded by Gus, who's now just rolled out of that position, did a great job. This was an unbelievable difficult year to run GTEs, and he fought through it, and we did some, some really great work that I was really a, proud to be a member of. And then now, uh, Rapido, who many of you uh, can listen to on the COT podcast, has picked up the ball, standing on the shoulders of Giants. I mean, he's, he's pushing it forward. I've just listened to the things he's done. That great schedule that we've got for next year is his work. Uh, absolutely sign up for one. Sign up to be a, uh, if you want to be a cadre. Uh, fill out that form. Come to, come to the C school uh, if you're so inclined because we've got to, we've got to bring some more season or we're not going to be able to do this. Uh, and then at the last thing is on the board thing. Uh, I can report to you after a five or six hour board meeting that we had uh, right before the, or as part of the tenure that the board is absolutely committed to ensuring that we have a diverse board, and that's going to happen. Uh, so it's a deeply held conviction that we as a group of men have. The XL, XLT, XSLT is also committed to that. So uh, this expansion effort of the board, the next couple of guys we bring on are going to reflect that. And I could not be more proud to be a member of an organization that's dedicated itself uh, to doing difficult things like that. Uh, as always, Grant Hand, thanks for giving me the microphone. Let me bloviate. Um, keep this pod call going. Uh, I hope you never stop. Uh, I didn't realize you were five years. Uh, don't, don't, don't quit because you're doing a great job. Thank you, brother. Well, and I, I appreciate that. And I, um, I'm going to tell you, you're always a blast to talk to. And uh, for those who don't know that sometimes we'll get to workouts and he and I will appear to argue with each other, but we actually love each other. It's, we're just both encouraging each other. Even some days when I don't say anything, I'm encouraging him. So you, uh, Keep getting after it, brother. Hope that back gets better. Um, for the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. See you. See ya.